now is a good time to bring in the perfect discussion for to follow up this discussion. And that is the... We're going to bring in Nadine Nocero Tai. And I hopefully I probably did not pronounce that correctly. I'm so sorry. So we're going to welcome in Nadine. She is the VP of Sales and Marketing at Sync Show. And Nadine, we first met back at the TMSA conference in the quote unquote, lazy river that really wasn't too lazy at all. And hopefully we were able to have like some good conversations as water is splashing all over us into our faces. Um, But yeah, it was great to see you again after our our lazy river incident. Great to see you, um, especially, you know, with our hair blown out and our makeup on and exactly to your point on our non-lazy river, lazy river experience, but it was super fun. So it's wonderful to see you now much more professionally and you did pronounce my name correctly. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> awesome. That's it. That the phonetic spelling. I have a little form for folks who don't know. I have a little form that, that all it. guests fill out. And it helps me phonetically. They, they you spell out your name phonetically and that helps me pronounce it on air because I'm so bad at it. So I realize it. So thank you for for you know spelling that out for me clearly. Um, but one of the big things that we talked about in the Lazy River was a, a new book that you were working on. And I think that the the point of that book was what you're talking about in our first topic, which is really going to be the, you know, the the bulk of this conversation on the great eight pillars of ROI driven marketing. Let's go ahead and just start kick it right off and and give us a little bit of, of background into how you came up with this. Perfect. Thank you so much. And yes, great memory. So I had mentioned to you when we met that my CEO and co-founder of my company, Sync Show, he and I are writing a book together called The Great Eight Pillars of ROI-Driven Marketing. And the backstory of how we got here, it's like we're both marketers by trade. He's an entrepreneur by trade. And we didn't set out to write a book, but our agency is nearly 20 years old. And I've been with the firm for almost 10 And at the end of the day, when you work in a marketing department or lead a marketing department, lead a sales department, lead a digital agency or in-client relations for a digital agency, you are tasked with providing value to your clients and or to your company. And if you aren't, that harsh reality is that you will end up most likely getting worked out of your role or the organization, your client contract won't be renewed, your budgets will be cut. So as agency leaders, we look at this and say, how do we provide real value to our clients? Because if we're providing value, if we're providing ROI, they're going to continue to renew retainers with us. We're going to grow as they grow. And it's a win-win. And that's really what the great eight pillars of digital marketing was born out of. We have had a super successful track record of providing pipeline revenue for our clients. And we sat back and we said, let's actually organize the method behind this madness and make this a repeatable process that we can educate prospects and clients and peers in the space on how to do this successfully. So that's how we got here. And we basically take this process through our work for our clients, our work for ourselves, and have since decided, let's write this book. Um, That book will be coming out in the spring of 2023. It's deeply underway, and we're really excited to share it with everyone. And in the meantime, we're just unpacking what those eight pillars are in conversations just like this, because there should be some really great actionable takeaways for everybody who's watching or listening that um, can help impact their sales and marketing today. Perfect. Let's. That's a perfect segue to dive into what. Let's start with the first few of them. What do those first, you know, sort of eight great pillars look like, or great eight pillars? Yes. So we've ordered them 
essentially an order of importance. So yes, let's start with number one. Our first pillar is marketing team structure. So at the end of the day, you have to have the right people in the right seats. If anyone is familiar with EOS or the traction model of uh, business planning, we know that people, if they are in the right seats, if they're on the bus and they're in the right seats, they're going to be successful in their role. So the first part in creating a really strong digital marketing strategy is ensuring that you have the proper roles identified, but also the people who are able to own those roles successfully, perform at their highest and best, and essentially outsource or hire out for all of those other roles and accountabilities that those people aren't strong at. So typically what that means, the long and short of it is, do you have a marketing strategist? Do you have a person who's able to identify the trends and the goals and the opportunities for your business and bring that marketing strategy around what your business is trying to achieve? Do you have a project manager who's able to just keep that train on the tracks, who's able to streamline all of your deliverables, make sure your deadlines are met, make sure your projects are in scope, and keep things moving? Because it doesn't matter if you have the best ideas. What matters is executing on those, creating that plan, and ensuring that those things get done in a timely manner. And then last but not least, you know, I almost look at that project manager or project team as the conduit between the strategist and what we call the specialists. These are your videographers, your copywriters, your graphic designers, your search engine optimization experts. These are the people that if a strategist is a mile wide and an inch deep, these are the people that are a mile deep and only an inch wide. So they're the people that are going to be very specific to... Um, owning their specialty and mm. really helping you optimize for success in that lane individually. I love that because, it, w- but what happens on, I think, on the flip side with a lot of transportation and logistics companies, they're lucky to have one person that yeah, is handling and they're typically handling all of those tasks. What happens if they don't have, I guess, necessarily the budget approval to hire maybe or outsource um, and build that marketing team internal? Is that where a company like yours comes into play? That's exactly it. And it is so frequent in the transportation and logistics space that you are a team of one. And I think that's also just a huge opportunity to say, let's just level set and have a transparent conversation around I'm one person. So how can I best achieve what I'm going to achieve? And where do I spend my time to make the biggest difference to my business? Because you cannot do everything. And oftentimes, the best opportunity there is either outsource to an agency that has a specialty that can help support you or a general agency that can help you cover that ground. And then if it's budget dependent, you know, it's how are you hiring either specific freelancers or using vendors in a very purposeful way to help make your budget go the farthest. And then last but not least, do not discount from a specialty standpoint, a thought leadership standpoint, the people within your own organization. Those are the people that are doing business with your customers, with your prospects who are answering questions and solving problems. Often, that is such a great source of content and being able to utilize those folks for interviews, blog posts, um, things that you can then deploy across your marketing is going to be really impactful. So don't forget to look outside of your immediate department, but within your entire company as well. I love that you subject matter expertise to your advantage because you can create the same blog posts as everybody else, but your subject matter experts are really going to be your key differentiator. And so you had mentioned the first three. What about rounding out the sort of the rest of the list? What are the most... I, I imagine they're all important, but what are some of the, the other key takeaways from, from the, the grade 8 list? 
Absolutely. So I think that keying in on your value proposition and your messaging and your branding is going to be really important. Value prop messaging and branding are one pillar for us. And we've started this conversation talking about content. And if you have a great marketing budget, a huge budget, a really effective sales team, you're only going to go so far if you don't have the right messaging. So again, it's like if your marketing is supercharged, if you have a huge budget and you're deploying things left and right, and your sales team is on their game, they have a sequence, they're following up, they know what their KPIs are, they're great at hitting those follow-ups. None of those things matter if that middle piece, that value proposition, the messaging and the branding around it don't align. You need to make sure at every level of your company, everyone is swimming in the same direction. And what I mean there is, what's the story of your company? What do you do? Who do you do it for? Why do you do it better than your competition? And marketing needs to be communicating that. Sales needs to be communicating that. And once they land as a customer, customer service needs to be able to reinforce that through those proof points. You can't just say you're really great at doing something. And you can't just say, oh, well, we have over 300 years of collective experience. And because of that, we're the best at what we do. You need to come up with actual value points and proof points that say, this is the problem we solve. This is who we solve it for. And this is how it's going to make you feel or what you're going to experience when you round that out. And so with your agency, you, you guys work in, in not just transportation logistics, but other industries as well. Do you find that... How does transportation and logistics compare as far as marketing staffing is concerned to other industries? Are we behind the curve? Or are we right about the same with other industries You know, having about that one-person marketing team and then outsourcing the rest? Absolutely. So that's a fantastic thing to think about. And Syncsha works in the B2B space exclusively. And aside from transportation and logistics, we also work in manufacturing, which I would say has a more similar approach to transportation and logistics. It's usually a shared responsibility between sales and marketing. It's usually a bit of a smaller team and they're relying on partners to effectively achieve their goals when it comes to branding and messaging and ROI marketing. We also, though, work in software as a service. And software, for example, will typically have a bit of a larger marketing team and marketing sits as its own department. And they'll really leverage partners to scale. So typically, there's a team that says, we've brought our our vision forward to a certain point and we've done so, so successfully. And now we're really looking to take that to the next level. What does that look like? And how do we leverage partners who are outside of our skill set or quite simply just buy time when we need the time and support? How you know, the, I read the an article difference, again. Oh, go ahead. Go sorry, ahead. <laughs> I was going to say the biggest difference. My, my former life was on the business to consumer side. And that's really where you see just super robust marketing teams. Um, very large budget, budgets, very creative, bold campaigns. And, and it's just because the dollars are able to go there because consumer spending, you can really tie that much easier um, than historically you have been able to tie a B2B sale. Yeah, because I, I was just having a conversation w- with a client the other day. And he's like, I know marketing is important, but I have no idea how to attribute value to it. And so that's when it starts mm-hmm. those conversations. Well, what tools are you using? What value props are you offering? You know, all of those different, you know, conversations that affect the overall outcome of your B2B sale, because it, it's just such a longer sales cycle than, you know, seeing an ad on Instagram and, and just making that purchase instantly. It's right. a much easier justification. <laughs> 
<laughs> now, I was going to, as mentioning, you know, different tools that, that companies use, I was reading a stat the other day that said there are more than 8,000 marketing tech solutions that are out on the market. And I just hear that number and it makes me gasp because I, I, couldn't, I have no idea what you would need all of those tools for. So in your experience, what is sort of a must-have you know, marketing tech stack? Absolutely. So tech stack is actually number seven of eight on our pillar list. So exactly to your point, there are so many options and solutions. And the biggest thing that I always tell clients is it's not so much the tools that are in your tech stack. Yes, that's crucial. But what is the usability around it? And how are you really disciplined in the education around the tool, the use of it, maximizing for success? And um, because you can buy all the tools in the world. And if you're not using them effectively, it's not going to make a difference to your business. But to answer your question directly, which is what are the most important tools in that tech stack, um, on the sales and marketing side, regardless of your industry, uh, marketing automation and a CRM, those are going to be the two strongest tools in your toolkit to be successful, to grow, to scale, to automate. Again, it's how can you spend your time on the highest and best, the things that you're really good at, the things that make the biggest difference to your business. How do you automate the rest of those things? How do you use data to help you make future decisions based on what you're seeing out of those tools so you can spend your time on the things that are giving you the best results? Those two are going to be the most crucial tools in your toolkit if you are a marketing or a sales professional. And the key to the kingdom is making sure that those things are integrated. So sometimes that means an all-in-one tool solution. Um, that's what we do. We are a HubSpot partner. And our, and when I say what we do, I mean our own tech stack. Our website is built on HubSpot. Our marketing automation is there. And our CRM all sits under HubSpot. But that doesn't have to be the solution for you. You could have a HubSpot marketing automation and a Salesforce CRM. And they can still talk to each other. And that's just mm-hmm. the crucial point there. It's, you don't want those things to to break down and lose that that really important key data point. Yeah, because I've seen a lot of arguments over the years of like, which is CRM is the best? And you always have the Salesforce crew. And then you have some people yeah. who are, you know, the five people in the world that use, you know, like the the Zoom CRM and all is Salesforce and HubSpot. It seems like those are the two that are constantly battling it out. And I, I've always wondered how those two tools will either play nicely together or maybe not so much. I would imagine that they might not play nicely together, but I would be surprised if, if they did or it, it would be dumb if they didn't. Yes, yeah. We have quite a few clients that sit in this in the HubSpot seat for marketing and the Salesforce seat for sales. And they do actually have some really nice and in easy integration, which is a huge plus side because if you've committed to a CRM, like I said, if you're disciplined in it, you don't want to make that change. That change is not only a huge investment from a dollar standpoint, but from a time standpoint and getting that buy-in from your team and your organization is so hard once they're already comfortable in the tool. So they should play nice and we found it to be quite successful for many of the clients we work with, which is great. 100% because the best CRM is the one that the sales team will actually use. If they don't use it, it's worthless. (laughs) I can't tell you how many times. All right, Nadine, um, what else should should folks know about um, Sync Show, where to follow your work, all of that good stuff? Yes, we would love for you to check out our website at syncshow.com. We have a learning center that's linked at the bottom of our site. We give out a ton of free content. So at the end of the day, our blog, our YouTube channel, 
our social channels, we're always sharing industry pieces, especially in the transportation and logistics world. I also um, co-host a Transportation Insights YouTube series where we dig in with leaders in the sales and marketing space on what's successful. And the whole idea is to just say, let's continue to build this community. Let's share what we're learning because we have plenty of room for everyone to be successful and let's just help each other out. So I encourage you to subscribe, follow us there. If you know someone or you are someone that should come and speak to me about where you found success in sales and marketing and transportation, I'd love to get to know you and please drop me a line. My email is nadineN at syncshow.com. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Everything is Logistics, a podcast by Digital Dispatch, where we help your company build a better website. And speaking of my company, I founded it back in 2018, but we recently streamlined our website services plans. So if you want to check out how we can help you and your marketing team build a better website and connect those ROI goals, then go visit digitaldispatch.io. You can also check out past episodes of this show and every show by hitting up the resources page on digitaldispatch.io or on everythingislogistics.com. I do some freelance content projects for select clients. And if you liked this show, then you might like some of the other content projects that I've worked on, like Cyberly, Maritime Means, and more. But until next time, I'm Blake Brumleave, and I will see you real soon. Go Jags!